sometimes you'll hear people say of a little baby, look at that little angel. But more accurate would be to say, look at that little enemy of God. <laughs> so <laughs> that is a clip from a man named Stephen Lett. And we're going to be talking about him next week. So if you want to find out more about the, the enemies of God, babies. <laughs> also known as babies. Tune in next week to the Carolina Snowflakes podcast because that's what we're going to be talking about. But spoiler, this is the show you're listening to is the Carolina Snowflakes podcast. I'm your host, Jason. And I'm Amanda. And we were actually in the process of talking about something completely different. Uh, not enemies of God, babies. But instead... We were talking about Cato. That's right. If you remember from last week where we kind of left off our story, our man Clodius, the uh, the dude who snuck into the to the Bonadilla rights party and tried to seduce Caesar's wife. Yeah, oh, Clodette. Yeah. And Jeff Bezos bailed him out, mm. that guy. He was plotting to gain power, and since he was a tribune, he got rid of the two people who were challenging him the most, which was Caesar and Cato. Caesar kind of sent himself away. He kind of voted for himself to go to Gaul yeah, and just took his armies and was kicking ass over there. And Clodius needed to get rid of Cato. And so he came up with this idea of trying to squeeze money out of Cyprus and sending Cato to go do it with no shoes and no army. <laughs> and so Cato has to go try to do th- to go to King Ptolemy, which was the brother of the ruler of Egypt, who was the ruler of Cyprus and try to squeeze more money out of him. That's kind of where we left things. Now, feel like I should say a little bit more about Cyprus. Cyprus is an island. It's north of Egypt, and it's more like off the uh, west coast of modern Syria. Okay. In the in the mm-hmm. ocean there. Yeah. It gets if you if you really wanted to think about it, it was it was it's just west of Syria. It's actually only like you can almost see it from the shore. It's pretty close. So it's that area that we're talking about. But it was a pretty strong island. I mean, it's a stronghold. There's not really any way in or out because it's surrounded on all sides by water. Cato's on his way there, and the reason he's, what he's got to do is he's basically got to annex it, because he knows the king isn't going to pay it. Well, Cato would have to seize the island and sell off as much as he could to, to annex the property. That's what the job was. The king of Cyprus finds out that this is coming. He gets word that, that Rome's going to annex them, and he kills himself. Because what? He, doesn't want, he, doesn't, <laughs> he just yeeted? The yes. dude wasn't even coming with an army. I know. He didn't know that. Uh-oh. And he didn't want to deal with the dishonor of everything. So he's just like, you know what? I would rather just yeet myself. So old <laughs> king yeets himself. So when Cato gets, Cato gets there, all he really has to do is catalog all his possessions and sell them. He just shows up and he's like, oh, perfect. Yeah. How and convenient. So it takes him a little while to do this. So he's spending this time in Cyprus and he's counting all this suicide king stuff and selling it for Rome. And he's like, okay, well, this is this island's ours now. At this point, I would like to ask you, Clodius is pretty much in charge. Our pal Publius, the drag queen, Clodius, is now in charge of things in Rome. So how, how do you think that's going to go? How do you think that's going to go in, in Rome? Well, if it's completely unchecked, it's going to be absolute chaos and pandemonium. <laughs> yeah. That's a really good guess. That's a really good guess. Yeah. Because Basically, during this time, Caesar's fucking around in Gaul and just absolutely hammering everyone who gets in his way. Cato's busy in Cyprus. The political landscape of Rome takes a huge shit. Turns out, Clodius is loved by poor people, but the rich and powerful people hate his guts. And the tension increases to a boiling point where small riots are breaking out and there's roaming gangs in the city just sort of taking shit over. 
The place was really, really bad. So Cato spends two years in Cyprus, but during this time, there was this guy named Milo. Milo was a friend of Caesar. Milo was like him and Caesar were tight. And because he was tight with Caesar, he hated Claudius. He hated Clodius. So one day, Milo's south of Rome, riding his horsemen, you know, hunting, doing his thing. And Clodius is out there with some of his horsemen, and they bump into each other, and they're outside of the bounds of Rome. Uh-oh. This means a fight ensues, and Milo totally kills Clodius. Like, Clodius is dead now. Oh, wow. Yeah, he gets killed by Milo, and Milo leaves his body. Clodius supporters find his body and bring him into the city and are starting a riot. And well, back to back to Cato for a second. Uh-huh. Why would it take two years? Because it he had to because Cato had to be very, very precise. He had to catalog everything. So it took him a while, you know, a while to sail down there. Then there's getting there, organizing, categorizing, and cataloging it all of the shit that this king had mm. and finding the proper buyers and selling it and documenting all of it and sending the documents back to Rome, having them approved and then selling the things. It was a process. So while he's he playing accountant yes. down in the island. Mm-hmm. <laughs> shit gets crunk as fucking Rome. Shit gets, shit hits all the fans uh-huh. and <laughs> in now, Rome. This dude Milo, who's friends with Caesar, totally kills Clodius. Okay. Clodius supporters find his body and they basically drag his body back into the city and start like a January 6th where they break into the forum Uh-oh. and they put his body on a pyre and they use the forum as a pyre. So oh. they start taking all the oh. legal paperwork and shit and throwing it into the pile and they burn the whole forum down Oh, and make a pyre out of his out of the forum wow for, for their leader yeah wow yeah it was like a really big january 6th it's right. like if january 6th went kind of the way they wanted yeah i mean we just had nancy pelosi's podium stolen yeah but like not that yeah they didn't we didn't bring a dead body in and burn the entire thing down so, on yeah. the podium yeah it was it was it was a little bit it was a little bit more severe oh, i wow. think actually than january where 6th. was caesar still in Gaul? Yeah, Caesar is still in so Gaul. So there's like nobody there yeah. to be like, y'all. <laughs> no, not really, because Pompey, Pompey didn't have an army at this time. Mm. So Pompey is just like powerless at this time. All he's doing is political shit. So yeah, it's pretty bad. Wow, they, so I was right. Mm-hmm, shit got real bad. <laughs> you were really right. Yeah. And what's even funnier, and funnily enough, Cato ends up defending Milo in court and winning. Oh, yeah, even though Milo's friends with Caesar, Cato does hate Clodius. That's true. So he ends up like being Clodius's lawyer and totally wins the case. It's like the like, lesser of the enemies. Yeah, mm. yeah. It was kind of one of those lesser of two evils thing. It's like a Lindsey Graham scenario. Like Trump was willing to ditch Lindsey Graham as soon as he wasn't useful. Right. So aren't we all though? Yeah. So really? Cato's like Milo's useful to me right now. So sure, I like this dude. Huh. Yeah. Isn't that something? Yeah. And now we're gonna do a, a first. We 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 actually have a sponsor. We have an ad spot. What? for this uh, episode. Yes. So we're going to play a quick ad and then we'll be right back. You probably already know who I am, but this is Alex Jones. And I bought this commercial because I wanted to say the Carolina snowflakes are ruining America. They're liberal politic demons. They're demons. I smell the sulfur every time I'm near them. And I just wanted to say, fuck them. I bought this to say that. This has been Alex Jones. Visit Infowars.com to buy some of my dick pills. I need to sell those. And we're back with the Carolina Snowflakes podcast. I 
guess thanks to our advertiser. Thank you. I guess it's the best I can say. I mean, we need the money. So during this time period, Cato makes it like known to everyone in Rome that he's going to prosecute Caesar as soon as he comes back from Gaul. The reason he's going to prosecute him is because he claims Caesar's just fucking around in Gaul to make himself rich, which he kind of has been doing because he's been there for like four years now. He's been there a while. Mm. And this, the armies are more loyal to him than they are to Rome. So they will totally go against Rome and they would do whatever Caesar says because they were loyal to him. Because he was basically super liberal about giving his soldiers everything they ever wanted. So this has raised a lot of concerns. They're basically seeing him turn into a tyrant, which... If you know about history, he kind of does. So they see what's coming. And th- and Cato makes it known. like He's like, this dude, Caesar, is going to become way too strong. There's two more years of tension building between Caesar and Cato while Caesar's still fucking around in Rome. I mean, in Gaul. Still just stealing, taking cities. He doesn't lose. So he's just winning fights everywhere. His soldiers love the shit out of him, which is pretty crazy to think about. Like, so it's like to the point where he's not even really doing it for Rome anymore. No. He's doing it for Caesar. Exactly. And yeah. that was the argument they were making. Like, we sent you on a commission to do a thing, which you did like two years ago. What are you still doing there? And he's like, ah, there's still shit going on. I still got Germans to kill, basically, was his mm. argument. Because, you know, the Germans are a problem. So he's like, well, there's Germans around. I don't know. Well, had things calmed down in Rome by now? With- no. Oh. They had not. During this time... The Rome has got to the point where shit's gotten so out of hand that the people of Rome start to call for a soul council, which is basically a title that they made up that's like temporary dictator. Uh, oh, it means you're the, the temporary only, dictator. Yeah, you're yeah. the only one in charge. Temporary oh. dictator. Soul wow, so council. the people have asked for that? Yes, because the shit has just gotten awry. People, there's roaming gangs. Mm. Oh. Wars are everywhere. People getting murdered. It's terrible. And no one's really in charge. And most of the Roman army is now loyal to Caesar. And just fucking around in Germany killing swamp people. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So they call for a soul council and they basically say, we we want Pompey to be the dictator. We want him to be the dictator. We want to give him all the army we have left and he can calm shit down. Not Cato. No, not Cato. They want to give it to Pompey. Huh. So believe it or not, they try peace negotiations with Caesar and that shit doesn't go well. Everything fails. And begrudgingly... Cato supports Pompey for soul council, which this is Cato. The dude who's been anti-imperial his entire life. Everything right. he's ever done mm-hmm. has been anti-imperial. He's like, yeah, but. Yeah. Well, yeah, he sees what's happening with Caesar mm-hmm. and he's like, this is for the good, uh-huh. the greater good. So, yeah, they like the title soul council because it sounds better than dictator. I yeah. Guess. Than like temporary dictator. Yeah. But that's what he is. <laughs> he's just a temp. Mm hmm. So, when Pompey gets put in charge, he makes the insane decision to abandon Rome. He orders everyone to evacuate. We gotta go. We gotta take the Republic on the road. What? Yeah. That's not what a... What? Because Caesar <laughs> what? has a lot of... He has more army than us, and he's better at fighting than us. Oh. And he's gonna come back one day, and he knows he, he can just take it. So, he stands up at his little podium. He's like... <clears throat> Yes. Yes. Hello, uh, Pompey here. Uh, Listen, we're gonna we're gonna need to leave. We're all gonna leave. Yeah. So this is our plan. We're just gonna pack our shit and go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting. They sent each senator to a different province with a a certain number of army and a certain number of people to try to spread the republic out. And maybe Caesar can't destroy the entire republic because we're spread out. Okay. So that's the plan. Mm Mm-hmm. Now Pompey. 
now he has an army and so he does battle with Caesar. <laughs> There's a battle where Pompey loses 15,000 men and 24,000 are captured. Oh no. Caesar loses 200 men. <gasps> yeah. Oh no. <laughs> See why Pompey was right. Caesar is really fucking good at fighting. That's the thing that he does. Oh, no. Yeah, so Pompey, it's one of the greatest wins in military history. Pompey gets utterly destroyed. Now, did he get to be that good from, was it just practice? Yeah. All the practice he had over those four years? Over all the years. I mean, he Stomping. Just, he just was really good at it. It was like an innate talent. Huh. He was just good at commanding a military. He could see the way to win. Strategy, mm-hmm. and he was really Sun Tzu type shit. He was just good at it, huh? Yeah, and so he just absolutely destroys. Yeah, Pompey. annihilated him. Pompey escapes, but he's MIA. Nobody knows. Yeah, where he he's is. like fuck this shit. Yeah, he got out. But... Lives in a cave somewhere. Yeah, no one knows where he ran <laughs> off to. Because I mean, that's a that's a hell of a loss. Yeah, for a guy named Pompey the Great. It's a huge loss, and it's probably pretty embarrassing too. Because you're supposed to be the one in charge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that leaves pretty much. Time-wise, we're at about it's about 47 BC. Uh, pretty much, Cato is basically in charge of the whole republic. When Cato finds out about Pompey's loss, he's like, "Oh shit!" So I guess it's pretty much he's just like, me oh, now. So I guess it's me. Yeah, there was well, because some... Pompey's gone. He's in the cave. Mm-hmm. So at this time, Cato's like, "Okay, I'm gonna go." He was he was in a, a small province in uh, Rome. He decides like, "I'm gonna go to Africa because I'm pretty sure that's where Pompey would go." Just from knowing him, he's like, I think I might be able to find him down there. So he decides to sail to Africa to find Pompey. He starts in Egypt, but after a little while, like, he finds out what happened. And what happened is some Roman soldiers assassinated Pompey on a fishing ship because of his suckiness. Oh, no. He got killed by his own soldiers. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. Oh. So Pompey the Great is now dead, and Cato is in Africa, and he is the end of the Republic. It's 47 BC, and there's about 10,000 troops that he's got. That's it. That's the Republic. And that's all that's left. It's Cato, however many civilians there were, probably 20,000 or so, and 10,000 troops. And that's that's the Republic. And they're all heading to Africa? And they're all... They're, well, they're in Africa. They're in Egypt. And now they're going to go to Utica. Mm. Utica is in modern Tunisia. I needed a geogra- geographic lesson on this, so... Uh, the best way to picture that is if Italy is like a boot and it's kicking Sicily. Yeah. If you think of Italy as a boot and it's kicking Sicily, where Sicily would crash into Africa if it was a ball that was being kicked, mm. that is where we're talking about. That's okay. modern day Tunisia. It's 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 like right at the tippy top, mm-hmm. kind of in the middle left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So that's where he decides he's going to march him. Now, that's a desert there, uh, if you didn't know. That's, I didn't know that's, that. <laughs> it's a pretty desert area there. Uh-huh. And this is where, as we know from past experience, Cato's good at this. This involves Cato marching through the desert for 30 days with 10,000 men with no shoes on and hardly eating any food. He is awesome at that. Oh, he's like feeling it. Yeah, he's, he's like he's in, in his, his element. He's, he's in his zone. Like, <laughs> this is what he does. I doubt the others are feeling it. Yeah, it's it, but it's Cato's time to shine and he sure does. <laughs> He walks the whole fucking way, barefoot, smiling, like never complains about anything, being stoic and inspiring the shit out of everyone around him. Mm. So actually, they're like ready to rock and roll because Cato, he was in his element and it was his time to shine and shine he did. This is around the time period when Caesar and Cleopatra are smashing. 
Yeah. So if you remember, I know. If you remember that Caesar uh, is fucking so Cleopatra for Caesar a while. made his way to Africa. Then Caesar, at this point, is in Rome. Oh. He took Rome back. Oh right. And he's the dictator. Was there anybody there? Just him and his soldiers. But basically, him and his soldiers and whoever, whatever people decided to uh, abandon the republic and mm. be like, no, nah, I'm going to be loyal to the dictator. Mm. There were some. And yeah, he takes it and he's in charge and that's where he crowns himself emperor. He starts fucking Cleopatra. This is where the Caesar you hear from history comes from. This so Cleo went over the water to see him. Mm-hmm. I see. And he's he's banging her. He's calling himself emperor. He's mm-hmm. got his crown. This is the Caesar you know. <laughs> right. Um, this is That's where that all came from. That's why he becomes this like ideal of imperialism. You know what I mean? Like that we think about historically Caesar's this like icon of a dictator and that's why but it's funny because he's a lefty which happens sometimes in history not all dictators are right wing no unfortunately Mm. and this is a case of that so but he's doing his thing while while he's up there and he's banging cleopatra and he's he's clowning himself emperor he finds out where cato is he's like oh shit this dude's in utica and he's like i'm gonna go get him i'm gonna go get him in the remainder of the republic like caesar's on his way He's coming to Utica. To get them and bring them back? No, to kill them. Or get the... Okay. To kill all of them. Okay. He's going to go crush it and end the Republic forever, so there would no longer be a Roman Republic. When Cato's in Utica, he gets word that Caesar knows where he is and he's coming and he's got a fucking shitload of troops. Cato decides... He set up Utica as kind of a stronghold, but he decides there ain't no fighting this. He makes the Pompey decision of like... Uh, no, I'm not going to make all these people try to fight Caesar. <laughs> Abandon ship. Yeah. So he says, everybody out of the city. Only a couple of slaves and some close friends stay with him in Utica. He has a very small amount of people, and he evacuates the rest of the city. They're all allowed to go home or wherever it is they want to go. Go be part of Caesar or whatever you want to be. So he's there, and this is where there's a couple of different versions of what happened, but it all boils down to this. I'm gonna The story I'm going to tell is the sort of distilled version of what I think happened. But essentially, he starts reading the Phaedo. The Phaedo was a book written by Plato. You may be familiar with Plato. Mm-hmm. And it was about Socrates drinking the cup of poison, the cup of hemlock mm-hmm. at the end. It was the last days of Socrates. And so Cato was reading this book, you know, waiting for Caesar to come. And he's reading about the end of Socrates. And... If you know anything about that book, Socrates faces death very nobly. He just drinks from the cup. He asks if he can pour out a libation, which is kind of a joke. He's like, can I pour out some of this for the gods? And the guy's like, nah, that's only enough to kill you. And he's like, oh, nuts, I tried. Which is a funny little zinger that Socrates has in the Phaedo. It's a good book. You should read it if you haven't. It's it's really interesting. It's short. But he, Cato's reading his copy of that. And what decision do you think that makes him uh, make? My um, guess is he decides to yeet himself. Yeah, he decides to stab himself in the heart with a sword. Ow. Now, Cato had by this time gotten too... I mean, he just spent a month marching through the desert. He got he was too weak, and he couldn't make it to his heart. So he just sort of cut his chest open and his stomach, and he falls down and makes such a loud noise. The slaves and one of his friends, who was a like, loyal student of him, a stoic, come running. And they're like, oh, shit. He's bleeding out, so they sew him up. He's unconscious, so they start sewing him up. Oh. They, they sew him up, and while they're sewing him up, Cato wakes up. He wakes up, and he remembers what's happening, and he grabs the sutures in his wound, and he rips his own stomach and flesh open, 
and his guts fall out all over the floor. Ew. And that's how he dies. He oh. he ripped his own body open to kill himself. Gross. Yeah, so that's a pretty epic kind of fucking death scene. You know what I mean? Like, he literally ripped open his own wound and spilled out his blood, the last Roman citizen. And that is the end of Cato. Yeah, you don't say. Yeah, and you well, might know, but after that, what happens to Caesar is kind of pretty famously known. Uh, Caesar goes on to get stabbed a whole shitload of times by the Senate. Yeah. And then his son ends up being an even bigger dictator. That's a whole other story. But that is the end of uh, Cato. It's a very tragic ending. And there's a lot of paintings and depictions of this scene of Cato dying. It's a very famous thing. It's part of what inspired George Washington. It's part of what inspired the play. And in fact, Julius Caesar had that painting all over the triumph. When he came back, he threw himself a triumph for killing Cato. And he had this painting of Cato ripping himself open like everywhere. It's like, look what I fucking did. So it's it's a pretty like iconic image. And it's the image of basically the Republic rending itself apart. It's it's a very metaphorical image for what happened. The Him ripping his own wound open was what the Republic had done to itself. Mm-hmm. That was the whole like metaphor. And that wasn't lost on people. So that image becomes very powerful and useful. And so that's why Cato's kind of famous. But I also think in modern times, it's why he's not that famous. Because people don't like talking about it. I mean, you reacted negatively. Well, it's just, it's gross. It's gross. Yeah. And pretty shocking. Yeah. Yeah. But it is very stoic. I mean, it's like, ah, uh, pain is nothing, you know, whatever. Yeah, I get that. But I just think about the people that had to clean up the mess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they were slaves. So it's cool. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. So I wanted to say, uh, I, I keep calling him the last Roman citizen. That's the name of the book that I got some of this information from. Obviously, I got it from multiple sources, but there's a really great book called The Last Roman Citizen. It's fantastic. It's probably the best book there is about Cato that I've ever seen. And it gave me a lot of this, like where I get a lot of the insight that I've used in this podcast. So I wanted to say props to that book. Fantastic book. It's a really good book written by uh, Rob Goodman and Jimmy Sony called Rome's Last Citizen. So I read that a couple of times to get through, to get prepared for this. And it's a fantastic book. And I like the idea of him being the last like citizen. After that, we have a dictator. And arguably, we still do. What happened to Pompey? Pompey? Did he ever show back up? Remember, Pompey got killed by his own soldiers. Oh, that's right. I thought he was still in the cave somewhere. No, no. He got killed by his own soldiers on a fishing boat. That's right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because he sucked. (laughs) Yeah. He didn't the whole time, but yeah, at the end. Well, I wonder how it would have... Would it have been different or how different it would have been if Cato had been the one to assume the position of temporary dictator? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think he would have taken it. Did they really have a choice? Yeah, I think he would have rejected it. And Mm. I think he would have insisted Pompey take it. I don't think that was like, I think that was probably a non-starter. Just because of how he was. But it is fascinating how it ended. I mean, whoa, (laughs) right? But uh, his legacy is inspired, like I said before, it's inspired George Washington, but Voltaire quoted him all the time. Benjamin Franklin quoted Cato all the time. These are, there was tons of, his influence really can't be overstated on like how much he, his story inspired the way we do things. Well, it's very American. It's very American. Uh, That whole like, you know, um, 
fighting to the bitter end and resisting the king the uh yeah the totalitarian no matter where it comes from too that was the thing about cato he resisted it from both sides it's it, it's easy to paint him as like he was a conservative because he did a lot of dickheaded filibustering and conservative type bullshit but he also fought anyone who wanted to be a tyrant left or right which i th- which I find very kind of interesting about him. It makes me like him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like he's not a hateable figure, even though I, I see him as this Republican kind of, he's not the worst though. He's, he's actually principled. He's what I wish Republicans were actually. Yeah. If and, they were going to be consistent. Yeah. And also, like I said, it's very American. That's the kind of the, like, yeah, the crux of uh-huh. America. Yeah. I'll <laughs> die fighting the king. Yeah. Damn it. These colors don't run. Yeah. My <laughs> like... conservative values. This, this pillar was good enough when my great grandfather built it. It's good enough to be here now. Like remember Cato argued that that was one of the first things he ever did mm-hmm. was argue. We don't need to move this pillar that mm-hmm. my great grandpa built because it was good enough for them back then. And it's good enough now. I'm Cato and I don't stand for change, you know, um, which is, which is pretty Republican. But then again, when you're, what you're standing against is a tyrant who's going to become a dictator. It's kind of a good thing. So that's what I I think that it makes me think all those things. Mm. It's a really pretty interesting story. Yes, I agree. So that does it for like this week's episode of the Carolina Snowflakes podcast, but you're going to want to tune in next week. Because next week we're going to be talking about the enemies of God, babies. <laughs> I suspect we're going to be talking about more than just babies. Yeah, we're going to be talking about more than that. I don't know how many episodes it's going to be. It'll be a couple where we're going to talk about the new Trump religion. There's a new religion in America. It's a Trump religion. We're going to go into it. And I, uh, that's the teaser we got for you. So you're really going to want to tune in next week. We're going to have a lot of audio and it's going to be from modern times again and not history times. So if this all bored the shit out of you, then get ready for... <laughs> hey, hey, you, wake up, listen. Yeah, then get ready. I think the Cato story is interesting, but maybe maybe babies being enemies of God is more interesting. I don't know. Uh, Well, no, not necessarily, but one is, like you said, more current. One's more current, yes. Yeah. So... Tune in next week. It's going to be a good one. And uh, thanks, I guess, to Alex Jones for his spot on our show. Yeah, I guess. guess Thank you, We have to say thanks for that. Anyway, tune in next week. Carolina Snowflakes. Bye.